This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 761, and Comic Reviews of the week of Wednesday, March 11th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 761, and it's our Comic Reviews episode for the releases from the week of Wednesday, March 11th. I'm recording this on, I guess, the, what does it have to be, the 20th, so this is probably going to go up on the 21st. Um, so by the time it goes up, it'll be 10 days after these books came out, but uh, with the world kind of being uh, very different now, maybe than it was 10 days ago, uh, let's take a, a brief moment to remember the life that was back on March 11th when things were different. I remember I'm in, based in Toronto, Canada, and so I'm March 11th, I remember we were still having a team meeting at my work, um, and it wasn't until uh, later that week that we kind of realized just how, you know, things were going to have to be different, and, uh, you know, and even this past week, you know, my, the first two days of March break, my dad was, my, my dad, my son was was with my parents, and uh, it wasn't until, I guess, Wednesday where we really had to kind of be like, okay, now we're at home with our son, I worked from home on the Wednesday, my wife worked from home on the Thursday, and then as of Friday, we both worked from home the day we record this. And so we'll see how that goes. So it should be interesting. Uh, now that the three of us kind of all trapped in the house, um, we'll supposed to see how that works. Uh, we're still working, so it's not like we're just sitting around doing nothing, just playing games and having a fun time. That's what makes it actually harder with my son, because we're trying to work at the same time. So let's go back. March 11th. What books came out that week? Well, I'm going to talk about only three of them. And because I realized today I was going to like, oh, do a quick recording, just some of the books that I read from March 11th, and realized I read none of them. Um, so I had to kind of quickly read something, so I'd have to have someone to talk about today. Um, some of the books that did come out, however, include Ant-Man, Avengers, Avengers of the Wastelands, Batman and the Outsiders, Cable, uh, number one, actually, Catwoman, Conan, Battle for the Serpent Crown, Decorum, Ghost Rider, Gwen Stacy, Hawkeye Freefall, Hawkman, Immortal Hulk, Jessica Jones, Blind Spot. That's actually a reprinting of a previous digital-only book. Uh, Nebula, New Mutants, Punisher Soviet, Spider-Ham, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, Number one, Star Wars Darth Vader, Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren, Stealth, Submariner, Marvel Snapshot, Superman, Symbiote, Spider-Man, Alien Reality, The Batman's Grave, number 6 to 12, The Flash, 751, already, I can't believe it, like, didn't we just get issue 750? Uh, Green Lantern, season 2, number 2, Terrifics, 26, Wonder Woman, 753, and Young Justice, 14. So what am I talking about today? Well, first up, we have Amazing Spider-Man 41. This is by Nick Spencer with Ryan Otley on pencils. Uh, this is True Companions, part 1. And this was, first of all, it's always nice having Ryan Otley on the book. There's a certain energy and excitement to it. Um, This issue's, you know, kind of well overdue. We're finally learning more about uh, what, why Kingpin's after Boomerang. It ends up being kind of connected to the Lifeline tablet, which uh, has been part of, I mean, a bunch of stories in the past, really just two. Uh, Classic Amazing Spider-Man story by Stan Lee, and then another one by Fabian Siesa, who actually I had did an episode on last year where we actually uh, kind of went deep on Lifeline. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see it back now. So we're finally having a little bit more understanding of why Kingpin's after him. We have more on Spider-Man and Boomerang actually being kind of, not buddies, well, kind of buddy-buddy and teaming up at least. Uh, and then uh, there's a, a giant monster at the end. Uh, it moves quickly. It's fun. It you know, has a certain kinetics, kineticism or kinetic energy to it. Um, really enjoyed Ollie's art, Ollie's art when he's on, because he's not on every issue. Um, is always nice and always looks good. Um, I thought this was a breezy book, but a good one. It finally was paying off on stuff that we've been waiting for answers for forever. Um, so I'm going to give this a, a very solid and deserved 8 out of 10. Next up, we have Venom, and this is what Venom number 24. 
I am not sure how I felt about this. Um, I like the cover. Um, a classic kind of riff on uh, a Spider-Man cover by Ron Friends uh, with the, the Spider-Man costume and the alien costume uh, fighting over him. But here it's the Carnage symbiote fighting the Venom symbiote over Eddie Brock, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it's written by Donny Cates. It's uh, art by Mark Bagley and Andy Owens. Uh, I don't know if Andy has done a lot of inks over Mark. I feel like it was always kind of the same inkers that we saw now forgetting the names, which is horrible of me, uh, but I feel like we always saw the same inkers on him. So I'm, I'd have to go back and see, like, has Andy Owens been doing his inks this entire run, and what does that mean for like, the other guys who worked on him before? Um, when we open that first shot, first of all, it's brutal. Um, you know, there's there's blood on, on Eddie. He's lying in a hospital bed. He's missing a hand, and uh, I thought that which really sold the severity of it was because the fact that they actually used red. It wasn't like you know some brown or darker, darker darker, dirtier color that they sometimes use for blood. It was actually was well, using like a, a more noticeably red um, bleeding through. And I thought that it, was, it was really strong. And even the narration was really strong of, you know, Eddie dealing with being here and being, you know, being here for three weeks. And I thought it was interesting, the idea, he's talking about uh, phantom limbs and that it took him a while to realize um, that the part of him that was missing the doctor's trying to talk to him about it, and he thinks he just means his other, but really he's talking about his hand and what that means for him. Um, so it's really compelling. And you have the sequence with the Avengers and Dylan, and then uh, the idea that you know Null's already here, and then slowly, slowly, uh, Eddie comes to the realization that you know he's this is all a dream. Uh, this isn't all really happening. He's still on the island. Um, I liked it. I also thought it maybe went on too long. It was like half the issue is just this dream. And the further it goes on, like, you know, it's probably not real. And eventually we get to the ending and you have, you know, Brock kind of being lost at the submit. And no, I'm not sure if I like a lot of the stuff that's going on with Dylan right now and what he seems to be able to do. And I, I feel like, I don't know, the Cates is kind of losing me a little bit with this stuff. I feel like I'm missing something always with, uh, with, with, uh, Dylan. So Dylan kind of comes to talk to the symbiote, which is again weird. And so kind of piloting the symbiote onto a dinosaur, um, which, I mean, this isn't the Savage Land, right? They're just on a regular island, so that just seemed a little bit weird. I don't know. It's definitely a cool visual, and I'm, I'm you know, interested to see where we go with the next issue. I'm wondering how, just how big it ends up being. Um, but it just kind of threw me. So, like, I liked it, but, like, I, I thought that as compelling as the beginning was and how great it looked, um, as it went on, I just felt like, well, let's get back to the main action if this is just it is. If it's just a dream, then let's move on from this. And then, again, I'm, I always feel like I'm missing something with the Dylan stuff because it just feels like it's moving so quickly, but... I don't always feel like we're getting old information, but like it just feels like we're missing steps and makes me as a reader feel like I'm behind or I'm just not understanding what's going on. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I think, again, the art in certain points is so amazing. Like, if anything's going to take off the merits here, it's not Mark Bagley. Mark Bagley is just killing it on this issue. Um, it's more Kate's, you know, certain elements of the, of the way Kate has written the story that uh, didn't always work for me personally. Um, and then last but not least, we had X-Men number eight by uh, Jonathan Hickman. Uh, our work in this issue is by, uh, I believe it's Mahmoud Azrar and uh, color art by Sunny Go and, uh, virtual, virtual calligraphy's Clayton Cowles on uh, letters and Tom Miller on design. But it's interesting looking at it. There are times where I felt that maybe it was someone else doing the inks. It was almost, um, kind of the inks that I would usually see on Lionel Francis U. Interested to see where this goes. Like the idea that... Now, I think if you're not reading New Mutants, you're a little bit more kind of surprised by what's going on or like confused by some of like the stuff with the New Mutants characters, but that's 
neither here nor there because I don't think they dwell too much on it. You can kind of just jump along. Um, but you have the idea that you have you know the the brood coming to roost and there's there's a there's a king egg and now it's missing and then the X Men have one. Um, I'm more interested in kind of the the Shi'ar battle record, which actually gets end, ends up getting updated uh, as the issue goes on. And I thought that was interesting because they've kind of brought back Gabriel, not really explained much about it. And now we find out like the other original second wave of X-Men are also alive, which I thought was interesting. Um, but they're not really playing with any of the Gabriel stuff. Like I'm curious, the mental record they have of him, is this before he went crazy and became a power mad lunatic? Like, I'm just curious how much of their memories or his memories in particular are there because of what would have happened with Cerebro at the time. Um, but I guess I'm trying to remember, did Xavier even have powers when he went into space with the star Jammers? Like, I can't remember cause it's been long enough. Um, great action here. I love the new mutants, uh, trying to fight off the brood as they come to Krakoa. Uh, love the shot of, uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey entering from a, from a gate. Um, just something about that visual just looks cool. I love the way in which, uh, Cyclops is written cause he just seems such like such a badass. Although so is Jean. Um, Jean's very cool as well in terms of everything that she's doing. Uh, so this is like a lot of fun, really interesting. Um, again, the sheer battle record, the second one with all the updates reminded me of how much stuff has kind of changed or modified since, um, you know, the stuff that happened with the fault. And I'm glad that someone's referencing it. Um, love the use here of, of an accuser. Is this Ronan though? Is this someone else? Like, I don't understand the weird eye thing. Maybe I've just missed something. Um, loved Kalark and his son, uh, Kubark, um, kind of using what, like some sort of guns in the, in the, in the future. I thought was really interesting or not in the future in the, in the space was really interesting. So they're going to reload their rifles. Now they're after a better game because there's a, an accuser there in the sheer, uh, space. Really interesting. Again, if you read these like eight issues though, they just seemed like schizophrenic and that we're just kind of darting from place to place. We're not really getting what it feels like at times full stories. We're getting like, you know, oh, the Golden Girls are suddenly there, and then they're gone. And then there's suddenly this, and then there's gone. And it just feels like they're so disparate. But I know that Hickman, as a writer, is not just doing it this way. He's go, you know, he's going to pull it all back together, and then you're going to be like amazed by the artistry of the of the tapestry that he's woven together. Um, it's just kind of crazy to kind of watch it happen in real time because some. T- and I remember this about his Fantastic Four run is that you get like three or four issues and you'd be like, oh, I don't know where this is going, and then it would all pull together. You'd be like, holy shit, that's where it was going. Um, so I, I do trust in Hickman. It just sometimes feels a little harder um, to kind of see exactly where we're going, but we shouldn't also see it because, you know, it's part of the grand design. Anyways, that is the end of this week's review episode. Uh, upcoming episode, uh, sorry, our next reviews episode, we'll have uh, reviews of one of the, well, at least three of the following books, but these are some of the books coming out on March 18th or a couple days ago. I haven't yet had a chance to uh, actually get some of my physical comics. I get some of my books digitally, uh, depending on what they are, and some of them I actually do pick up physically, so some of them I won't have yet. Um, but uh, the books that I will be talking about, or at least I'm thinking about because they're coming out, are uh, 2020 Iron Age, number one, 2020 Machine Man, Amazing Mary Jane, Aquaman, Atlantis Attacks, Batman, Cap- Captain America, Captain Marvel, Conan the Barbarian, number 14, Deceased, Unkillables, number two, Deadpool, Excalibur, Fantastic Four, Ghost Spider, Gardens of the Galaxy, Justice League, Marvel's X, Morbius, Nightwing, Outlawed, Robin 80th Anniversary, 100 Page Super Spectacular, Runaways, Spider-Woman, Star Wars, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, Teen Titans, Valkyrie Jane Foster, X-Force, and You're the Villain, Hella Risen, number four of four. So I'll be talking about some of those in our next episode. Uh, in terms of non-reviews episodes, um, 
Uh, the next episode is going to be kind of a flying by the seat of my pants comic talk flashback episode, just kind of doing riffing a little bit. And then from there, we're going to be jumping into interviews, um, hopefully three in a row. Uh, one with Scott Dunbeer from IDW in their collections department. He's the, 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 the man, the myth, the legend responsible for the uh, artist editions, which are just such beautiful pieces of work. Um, from there, we have... Uh, I'm not sure the order of all these, just I know that I'm going to be conducting these in the next week. Uh, Tom Brevert's scheduled to be back on the show. Um, also scheduled to have Jed Winnick back on the show as well. Um, so those are three great episodes that are going to be coming out, uh, I think, starting March 27th and uh, then the following Wednesdays, whatever those work out to be. I think it's like April 3rd or 10th or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, some great stuff coming up. And then at some point, I'm going to have another conversation with Tim Riley, uh, this time talking about Hero's Return, Thor Omnibus Volume 2. Uh, and uh, a bunch of other good things. So I'm really excited about some of the uh, the upcoming content we have for you. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to that soon. So thanks again for listening to this episode. You can rate and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. You can also email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.